Welcome everyone to the first webinar of 2023. It's been one heck of a year, 2022, and uh, I think we're all excited for this new year and all the ventures that it's going to bring with. So we've got an exciting uh, guest on our show today, starting off the year, Rob Robertson is a CEO, coach, and business growth strategist, an expert in emotional fitness and how to build trust and people decision-making and teams. Passionate about creating how we feel about work, making growth fun, creating more intuitive flow by growing trust in our technology, culture, strategy, and brand, while, while reducing stress and overwhelming force to accomplish more. This passion is due to the tools discovered on his self-doubt journey. He has replaced anxiety, stress, and self-doubt with self-esteem, self-trust, self and intuitive decision-making. He explains that the magic occurs when we follow our heart, built on our, our good emotional fitness, healthy, and our healthy trusting instincts. Rob, is there anything that I missed on that? Because it's such a heartwarming introduction. <laughs> no, that's beautiful. Thank you so much. Awesome. So show's over to you, Rob. We're very excited to see you. All right. Well, thank you, everybody. It's a delight to see you all. I want to talk about building trust. And first of all, just want to introduce what I'm going to cover today. And going to talk about the inner bodies and about the mental body, physical body, and emotional body, because how they integrate and how they flow really determines our performance as a leader and in sport which is this model was developed in sports performance and then it's more recently used in any aspect of flow and of business because the real magic happens when we trust our instincts and make intuitive decisions and that is flow. Can I have a show of hands who perhaps trusts their intuition or who uses intuitive decision-making? Got one hand up. Other people, yeah, Peter. Yeah, all right. Ian, awesome. I've got these multiple screens here. So just seeing. So great. So that is we're going to look at. And here's the key part in the green down the bottom of this diagram is our unconscious programming and I guess I'm not telling you anything new that our beliefs determine our extent of our performance what we get and if we really don't believe something's possible we can't and we won't and but the magic happens when we open up our beliefs so we're going to look at how our emotions today integrate with our unconscious programming because from my experience, that as we release our pain body and our emotions and our stuff, we absolutely open up our programming and the magic happens because we offload a whole lot of beliefs. That's what we're going to talk about today. I want to start by looking to challenge you on reflecting on a doubter meter. A doubter meter is a tool that I've developed to, for us to stop and reflect on where you're at in different areas. So before I ask you the question, I just want to explain the main area of today, and that's emotional fitness. And if I define emotional fitness, 
Emotional fitness is the degree to which we can express and use the full range of emotions. So are we, society generally tends to say, oh, if you're, if you have a lot of negativity, maybe you could be depressed and you might need antidepressants and so forth. So they don't teach us how to be okay with negative emotions. Whereas good emotional fitness is where we have a toolkit and I'm going to teach you a technique at the end of decluttering or if we use the crude term de-shedding um, and decluttering our emotions and releasing our pain body. So that's really good, strong emotional fitness when we're okay at a full range of emotion, as opposed to we have many people that suppress their emotions and try and control them. And, and that's the other end of poor emotional fitness. So I've found that as my emotional fitness improves and I have this whole bigger range of emotional ability, all of a sudden I have this trust. And a whole sense and a knowing that I've never had before, which is so empowering in all aspects of life. So that is emotionally, I don't want to challenge you to look at yourself and where you'd be on the doubt scale of emotional fitness or emotions and trying to control and or would you be in the calm and trust more in the green? So if uh, one is... if uh, yeah, so if you choose a color, are you brave enough? I'm looking at my screen again, brave enough to, to put in chat a color. Would you be green, red, sort of yellow? Or if you're feeling brave, where would you be in emotional range? Are you do you trust or are you like a, a lot of people that sort of control anyone brave enough to share where they're at on this scale? Or yell it out. See, we've got an interactive sort of a group. Oh, Ian's smiling. He's a... No, I'm laughing at Peter's comment. Aha. Uh -huh. All right. Chris, are you able to read the chat? Yeah. Oh, sure. here we go. So we've got a few answers um, ranging from green... So yeah, the full color chart, let me say it like that. But all four colors. <laughs> Great. Separate. All right. I appreciate that. Thanks, Chris. All right. So now that's what we're going to look at. But to put it into perspective, just want to share the journey and a little bit more about my journey as to why this has been my 20 year crusade to understand everything I could around emotions. And it is, this is sort of a fairly random picture of me as a six year old and then a, another random picture of me today. So I wanna just share, I started out as in, in sport, I first noticed self doubt. I was in the mid Canterbury under 12 rep team for soccer. I just didn't feel good enough. And so the self-doubt affected me in performance. I sort of, I just didn't perform at the level. And then the same in tennis and mid-Canterbury under 18s, I didn't feel good enough and and just saw the pressure. And then, so there was this pattern of self-doubt. And then it wasn't till year or first year of uni, uni where I had massive anxiety and depression. Or well, firstly, anxiety, I didn't sleep for 
whole night was second night of not sleeping i didn't know what anxiety was i just thought my mind was going crazy and i thought i was going crazy and it wasn't until i went to a counselor and discovered what anxiety was that they explained that this is what's going on so it was only then that i started to look well i then stumbled across positive thinking thinking this is the answer to everything so for 10 years i used positive thinking to hide in the head and that's why before I then started on the emotional journey. So that being totally in the head was ungrounded. It was an illusion. I wasn't really realistic. I was in the head covering up because I didn't want to feel emotions. So the last 20 years has been this journey of understanding emotions and everything I could that would influence my tennis performance because I play a lot of tennis and also in business and leadership working with uh, CEOs. So the magic started to happen when I looked deep into emotions and because I got really angry on a retreat that I was on because I discovered all this anger when I was Mr. Positive in the head. So that was a key turning point because of all. So anyway, to cut a long story short, I then looked in a lot of detail of history and and as a seven-year-old sexually being sexually abused, and all of a sudden, there's this huge reservoir of anger from some men's anger group to all sorts of things to actually connect with who I am emotionally. So the conclusion is, after over those 20-year journey of studying all that I could and learning different techniques, the outcome over the last few years is from being in the head of Mr. Analytical and hiding from all the emotions, such a linear and there's no trust. It's a, it's a really understand that world to now by releasing the pain body. And I'm going to talk about that technique at the end. The more of your pain body you release, you just get left with a quiet, a knowing, a trust. And that is so priceless because the last six months in particular, when the so I, when things have really been on track with uh, the retreat that I own and been running, all of a sudden there's this magical flow. So that is the journey. And let's look into some of the mechanics of that, of building trust and just releasing, because that is where I've found you just let go of needing to know, because you just have a trust and there's a synchronistically the right things happen and the right people arrive and the magic happens. So that's a bit of the journey just to put it into perspective of what we're talking about. So that is why the doubt, having lived all sort of the life with so much doubt, why this is so empowering was my purpose is to help people remove doubt and really get that flow and feel like they're on track because it's uh, such a big thing. Right. So let's look at how this works in terms of our emotional body. Firstly, if we look at these different bodies, there's the mental body, has, um, is our thoughts and what goes on in our head. And Dr. Jill Bolt Taylor, Taylor explains that our emotions lead our thoughts. So if we want to change our crazy thoughts that are going through our head, or then it's our emotions. If we do work at releasing our pain body, then that changes and quietens our head. The physical body is, of course, our physical flesh. But science has proven that 
we are point where our body is made of energy. So the actual amount of physical solid matter is 0.0001% physical solid matter. The rest of our body is protons and neutrons flying around. So that we're really energetic beings that are disguised in physical form. So there is an amazing book called The Body Keeps the Score, which explains that about our trauma or even just negative events or being told, I oh, can't do that. That actually stores and stores in our muscles. And so the whole emotions and our power of everything that happens is stored in our body. So it's our head and our physical body are the outcomes and results of what's going down emotionally. So then if we're getting the emotional body, it's just referring to our emotions. The pain body is the magical bit because it is, as I'm going to look at some of the rules about the pain body, the pain body is our filter that creates our future because we don't get what we want in life. We get what we need, our pain body, to be released and solved, which we're going to look at in a little bit more detail. Any questions as we're as, uh, going along? Then yeah, uh, we've got out. one from Philippe. Um, he asked, on the 20-year journey, when you started, were you six? So you're 26-year-old right now. Uh, he's uh, he's seen me in Bali. He knows that I'm pretty ancient. He's been, uh, he's been a little bit smart. 20, 27. 27. 27. <laughs> I wish. All right. So, yeah, keep any questions going. So I just want to look at our outer reality and our inner bodies or inner reality and just look at how this works. So particularly in sport, and I know in the ASB final the other day, the if anyone's been following the tennis, which I guess most of us in South Africa wouldn't, but the, the ex-Kiwi sort of seemed to fall apart in terms of pressure. And one thing is outer reality or things that go on outside us it's actually as we grow emotionally and let go of our pain body we don't so much care about what happens in the outer world or outer reality so we just have an inner knowing and a confidence and so that is the an example of working on your inner bodies to empower you to let go of the outer because as you trust or by really trusting then you don't have this attachment to what will happen and that's the empowering but so let's look at how our future is created if we are after an outcome in the outer world then we have a desire so let's use an example of a tennis match just to be spoke of the final in New Zealand, a big professional event. So if we've got a desire to win this event and the it comes down to everything's filtered through our pain body. So our pain body, mostly unconscious, is what creates our future. It's a filter that is the powerhouse that helps us see things. And I know personally in terms of the pain body in terms of self-esteem has been something that I've had low self-esteem and not actually 
really felt that good about who I am as, and that's the example of the pain body filtering what we see. For example, when you look in the mirror, you don't necessarily see exactly the reality. You see what's filtered through your unconscious and your pain body. So this is the powerhouse because your pain body influences your moods and the actions and that manifests in the outcome. So for example, and I'm just trying to remember his name. Probably Peter would remind me of a, the tennis player that lost in the final, the um, an ASB. Cameron Norrie. Thank you, Cameron Norrie. So he was talking in the outer world, he wanted to win the tournament. And beforehand, he was talking about that. So that's an example of perhaps being attached to an outcome. So his desire under pressure, he, from the highlights I saw, he was in a winning position and it looked like the pressure got to him. So he was sort of attached to that outer reality, had that desire, and he didn't actually let go completely loose. And that was so whether it be his pain body or there's different stuff going on there that had created that and he perhaps tightened up. So the outcome was that. So the key thing here is just being aware of our pain body. It filters our future and and filters our perception of life. Exactly so, right, Rob. It was painful for me to watch him, actually. I had a pain, pain body yeah. too watching him. Um, but I, can you just, a question, can you just clarify, I'm not quite clear on what that definition of a pain body is. What, what do you mean right. by pain body? Very good question. Thank you. So pain body is our negative emotions. And so any negative emotion or event. So example, if you're walking along and a dog, dog barks, you sort of, oh, you tense up. And that's a, a bit of a bit of emotion that's stored in your pain body. And that normally unconscious. And so we don't actually see or feel them. And all we're told as a kid, oh, you can't do that. And so all these negative events, we have some sort of form of pain that we store away in our unconscious. And they different frequencies of emotion collect together into icebergs. And so there's a whole lot of different events that are completely unrelated that sort of store to, stick together as a pain body. So we have these little icebergs floating around. And as they come up and then they create our different emotions or they manifest in, in all different things in the mental body or physical body. So does that perhaps explain it a bit better, Peter? Yeah, that's a lot better. Yep, thank you. Rob, I've also got a question here from Andrew. Uh, you asked, doesn't desire come from the inner body rather than the outer reality? Yeah, so it's a very interesting debate. And and the, yeah, I, I would say definitely the desire is the inner and um, normal, and that's the healthy desire if you really want to do it due to passion and f f follow your heart. But there is also desire from the outer to please, which is really when we're our pain body is looking for a certain thing in a relationship or we're looking for a certain thing to be accepted or be loved. And there's all sorts of things there where the outer is, is a form of motivator, motivation, but yeah, inner and sort of true desires is 
definitely yeah the better motivation good question thanks rob so just as we look at the pain body in a bit more detail it's a lot of it is unconscious and it's so it's sort of hidden from our view like in this graphic here you can see some of the emotional body sticking out but most of the pain body isn't actually we don't know it's there when we do know it's there is if someone cuts us off on the road or someone calls us a, a whatever they call us some not nice words all of a sudden we our pain body comes up and it gets triggered and we react however we react maybe we get angry or or whatever and anger is a very good emotion it's in normal circumstances it gets a bad rap because it can be harmful but and uh, anger's a defense mechanism for example is in the woman's refuge the if somebody's a woman's been battered and and mistreated then they encourage her to actually bring up her anger and actually, because anger is a self-defense mechanism, which is about boundaries and stopping people doing the wrong thing. So anger is a healthy emotion if it's used in the right way. So it's our pain body comes up in all sorts of different ways. And that creates our future by all the different emotional reactions. And of course, our mental body and physical body are manifestations of those emotions as quoted in that book and so let's look into that in a little bit more detail how pain body is often hidden away rob i've got another question here from peter yeah he asked um so can the pain body be thought of as emotional baggage definitely great okay. great great word and our emotional baggage is what creates our future because i know for so many years i was carrying around bags of emotional baggage which just slowed me down and and yeah manifested in low self-esteem and lack of uh yeah all sorts of a lot of anxiety but the anxiety has disappeared over the last years when I have really done the work to release the pain body and just been authentic emotionally. But, and to, but, but to be authentic, you've got to be confident enough in yourself to talk about your emotions and, and release emotions. And while I still do it in private, I don't uh, release sort of in, in the crying and things. I'll do that in private. I don't sort of publicly do that. It's, it's empowering to be able to express the full range of emotion and be really authentic. And that's how you break anxiety and all the different and depression. Because as I said earlier on, we're energetic beings. And science has actually proven that energetically we're all connected. Our thoughts and emotions have impact on the protons and neutrons that are flying through every cell of our body. So if we start to look at, at what we block will come up again so if we're blocking our emotions trying to control it it comes up again and manifest whether it be anger or health because dr donald epstein if i'm pronouncing his name right explained that cancer is cured generally by releasing our emotional baggage so physically our emotions and our 
pain body is what manifests in our future reality and health. So that's the big thing that has sort of been proven now. Rob, on, so, on um, emotional yeah. apologies, uh, Philip asked, how would you recommend you really release these emotions? I'm going to share the decluttering technique at the end and give you a PDF handout on that. And so, great question. Awesome. All right, so let's move on now. So emotion, well, finally should move on to it now. But before it's talking about the technique, I want to go through some principles of, of these inner bodies, and then we'll look at that technique. So some of the principles is that all is energy, as we've talked about, and nothing is an accident. If we look at every problem or challenge as not an accident, as an education, and look for the meaning in it, then all of a sudden we start to look at, okay, what can we learn from this? What was looked like a disaster? But if we start to reflect and look at everything's connected energetically and nothing's an accident, then that's one of the principles of these inner bodies. The second is a core principle of motivation at the moment for is that the speed of change is increasing. If you look at Moore's law, that's the talks about the processing power of computers is doubling. And so we're at an interesting time in the world where there's some absolutely exciting things happening and some beautiful things happening. If you are not in the mental body, if you try and fathom what's happening in the world at the moment in a mental body, you'll be stressed and there'll be a lot of crazy thoughts and that's what's happening in the world because what's happening with the speed of change speeding up is it's forcing people to look beyond the mental body to the emotional body to trust. And so because the speed of change is increasing at the moment, then it is forcing people to change. But here's the key thing. Unless you're changing and doing work on the inner, which is on these bodies, unless you're doing work on that and looking to change or evolve yourself, because everything's changing around us, then you're being left behind because we're in such a fast changing world now. So you're either dying if you're not doing this sort of work or looking to develop yourself, you're dying because everything's changing around you and the rules are changing of, of both business and on how the things operate in the world. So hence why all the people here, I'm sure, are converted. You're here and doing this sort of things because you wanted to learn and change. And this is the key fundamental of either dying or you're growing. So it's a commitment to, to growth. And then the last principle sort of to share is the pain body is our filter to everything. And why that is, is... Our pain body, and we're going to talk about the emotion decluttering or nickname it de-shitting, which is sort of not trying to probably reduce the use of that word now because it's a bit crude. And our pain body wants to be released. And this is the fundamental. We don't get taught, and but we will teach you this today. You don't get taught at school how to let go of our pain. We get 
we just know that pain is not comfortable and we don't want to go there perhaps. But our pain body wants to be released and we create our circumstances. We have the same patterns. For example, I used to work for a boss that yelled at me and it used to, and the same pattern over 10 years and three different jobs. And I used to attract that because I had to learn to stand up to my, for myself and some different things. So we attract in life the patterns that we need to learn to let go of some karma sometimes, but just so that our pain body can release and we can consciously look to learn our patterns and our complete our pain body and release our stuff. So that is the last fundamental thing. Our pain body wants to be let go, but we just don't learn it. We don't get taught and how to release the pain. So we'll cover that next. So unless there's any questions. None so on that. I will go in, into this. So the principles of the pain body is is to release it is to declutter and i'm just checking that i've gone through all the principles of there's one more principle actually of the pain body just to before we go into the technique is that anything we dislike in life is because we disown it in ourselves so if we get really annoyed at somebody that speaks loudly then if we look inside our pain body, what we dislike about, we don't, we won't speak up. So whatever we dislike in other people, we tend to disown or dislike it ourselves. So that's another key to looking at our pain body and looking at, at giving us some key signals. And yeah, just checking. Yeah. So that's the main principles of the pain body. So who's interested in learning how to declutter or release some of the pain body? <laughs> so. I think we're all excited on that one. <laughs> all right, well, Doctor, I'll, I'll go through a couple, because there's a bit of enthusiasm here, a couple of techniques. One, the main one, the decluttering, I'll leave to a second, but one is Dr. Ralph Kushler. He's been on Oprah uh, Oprah, if I can pronounce it, Oprah, and he talks of emotion surfing. And this is a technique where whenever you're feeling a negative emotion, you actually, there's two stages, you label it. You label it in words, as in where it is in the body, and you actually connect with it. And then you do that for about 30 seconds. The second part is then you actually say to yourself can I be with that you can do it in peers and somebody can say to you in this conversation can you be with that or you can do it by yourself and can I be with that and you just feel and having labeled it often we'll say yes and if it's a yes it's sort of like you've integrated and expanded your whole emotional range because what was maybe discomfort and you've actually asked yourself, can I be with that discomfort? And that's a essentially emotion surfing where you actually just do this two stages to really connect with these emotions. And he suggests not to really breathe it out and override it, but to really feel it. So that's a 
one simple technique. But the big one for me is emotion decluttering or de-shutting, if you want to go to the crude term that I'm going to start using less of. So that technique is where whenever we feel a negative emotion, all we do is feel it and let it out because our pain our, or emotional baggage, which is a great word that Peter used, wants to be released. So we don't need to analyze it in the head. We don't need to process it. We just need to let it out. So that's the fundamental technique in itself. We'll go into it in a bit more detail. But if you think of it, just to give you the overview, it, it needs to be released. But of course, it doesn't feel fun. So if it's a lot of anger or if it's sadness and then crying or releasing the emotion, that's not a great deal of fun. So here's the things you need to go with it to make sure that you're going to get a significant growth out of it because our pain body collects in similar emotions over the years of a similar frequency. So how it works is if you imagine a iceberg and the iceberg comes up to the surface and above the surface is what you feel and in society um, some cultures are more okay about crying and you might cry and then you release that and and then you might feel a little bit better you might not and then that iceberg disappears again and it's gone it sits there and then next time the iceberg gets triggered it comes up again and you have this repeat pattern but if we actually use the full emotion decluttering, what we do is we let out, whether it be crying or anger, I used to hit the pillow when I had a lot of anger or a men's anger group, we actually had a baseball bat and had a boxing bag and we would actually hit hit it and we'd actually talk about our feelings and a lot of people at the men's anger group were there by police that were sent there to deal with anger, but I was with, went there on my own accord. So however we do, we release the anger but that's the surface level. Here's the key part. We ask, where's this coming from? And just feel what's below it. So we just ask where it's coming from or to feel where's this coming from? And we drop down and there's more emotion there and we just let it out. We let it out. So it's as simple as that. If we keep letting out more and more, if we imagine this iceberg, the iceberg is being released and melted because we're feeling it. We're just letting out the emotion. And... As it comes up, we melt more and more. Bearing in mind, this is not a fun process if we're feeling sadness, we're feeling pain. It's not fun. But if you're framing it and realize what's going on here and you know it's a healing method, it's, I mean, I've been to psychologists and and a, different, a lot of different talk therapy, but personally, and I know they work for a lot of people, it didn't really get to the core of anything for me. It was fine talking about stuff that's happened, but... The real power is when you get into the emotion and just release all the pent up stuff. And so by going and dropping down the different layers, you keep going and ask where it's coming from and just let out the emotion and just release it. Ask where it's coming from. If you get down to the bottom of the iceberg where it's anchored, all of a sudden you actually release the whole pain body or baggage. 
that was linked together from a whole series of different events of your life that are on that frequency of emotion. And that is the big, big thing. Because next time you're in a situation where you get triggered and your pain body comes up and you feel it, well, pain, the pain body's not there, that particular one. So this is where you get real freedom. You start to get immense growth because we don't carry around that baggage of all the stuff that has held us back and manifests our future and creates our future, our pain body. So that's essentially the, well, it is the technique. There is, it's about just dropping into it. And so it might be five minutes, it might be 10 minutes, it might be two minutes of going in and dropping into the pain and really letting out any emotions. But eventually you actually feel a light in the last, but as when you get to the bottom of it, you actually feel a lightness and you feel like, oh, there's no more sadness or anger or whatever it is that's going on because you actually feel a little bit different. And that is when you've actually, know you've got to the bottom of that and you actually completely removed it. And that is so empowering because if you imagine our, our unconscious has all these different icebergs that actually create a lot of our mental and physical illnesses and create our future and they come up and get triggered and that one gets triggered and and it's no wonder that mental illness and suicide rates are so high because the stuff comes up and it's not really nice but if you imagine offloading that you get left with a trust and a knowing that is so priceless and that's the journey of of what the so-called chaos in the world is at the moment is to awaken people to look at other ways and it's the mentors that i follow as we're currently in the most exciting time of the of the world's history because we're having a big consciousness shifting and awakening to step into feeling and trusting so that's the why the mental body's breaking down and and is forcing people to to change and shift so that is the guts of emotion decluttering how we release our stuff to just build clarity and certainty and and by having a trust and a knowing then we let go of the outer world and our outer results and needing a certain thing and so the the need to prove to somebody and i know it's changed immensely the relationship with my father um it wasn't him that abused me but just by offloading a whole lot of stuff then it just got so close to dad because it changed it that relationship and you just change your whole performance so that is other than i'll just pull up the website there is a pdf which there's there's a bit more to it than i've explained if you do want to download a pdf it uh, that explains it's a few pages that goes into this i'll, I'll give you the missing ingredient perhaps that's explained and you can just put in your email address and download it here. The missing ingredient is a lot of the time when we're feeling negative, we are picking up other people's energy. So here's a command. I used to actually be scared about this, about what this meant and it's a bit woo-woo, but I don't actually care now. I just know it works. And I've shared this with a lot of people. So the woo-woo command is whenever you're feeling negative and it's explained in this PDF is anything that's not of the highest level, like command you leave my body, an energy field immediately and that 
well, it's the simple version, that, you've got to say it, you got to say it assertively, that works. When this, particularly it was years ago when I was in a corporate role and, and a lot of uh, politics and pressure and stuff, that was, because you just picked up other people's energy. So you clear and offload any energy that's not your own. And half of the time, I then didn't need to go into the technique and release emotions because I'm just clearing emotions that I pick up from other people. So that's the other missing ingredient that is in the PDF and goes into a bit more detail of that if you want it. So. Wow, Rob. What what a presentation. <laughs> I've got a, two comments here. One from Ian. Ian has a testimony. He says, yes, my experience has been that some of this pain simply wants to be heard. Sitting with it melts the iceberg. And then um, I've got one here from Andrew. Andrew's got a question. Are the causes of imposter syndrome a lack of trust in one's ability or rather is it a response to perfectionism? Mm. Well, for me, it's a self-doubt as it would be similar to imposter syndrome and or the alternative, is it perfection? Well, either way, it's to do to our pain body perfectionism probably well unless it's a personality type of perfectionism but it's sort of desire to actually probably be perfect whereas as you let go of baggage and you don't need to be perfect you don't even need to know what the future is it's just a trust and a knowing that whatever will be that nothing's an accident it just will unfold how it'll be and so let go of needing to be a, per a perfect thing and so imposter syndrome i don't know the answer but I, it feels to me like that was very similar to the self-doubt that I've had for so long that that just, I won't say I don't have it, because there's some degree of it's healthy, so you don't jump off a cliff. But yeah, generally, it just doesn't stop me now because you just get on, we have a certain trust and a knowing. So good question. Any other questions? Seems to be that's all. Does anyone have anything else? Anything else to ask? I've got a question, Rob. Um, so presumably we're, we're born pure without any shit and it accumulates, mm -hmm. it accumulates over experiences of life. Is that, would that be, would that be right? Yeah. There, this book, the body keeps the score goes into a lot of detail about that. Most children, when they cry, or just need a, per, a parent to be present and somebody that actually gives them some attention to feel valued. And then they don't really take on some emotional baggage or pain body because I guess the shorter answer is, yeah, we have these experiences and we get told, oh, you're fat or you're whatever kids. And it was pretty brutal some of our um, things that we get told as kids. So, so yeah, we build up these different pains and, and baggage and, and as just barking a dog barking, the example we used earlier, it sort of, we tense up and, and if we don't release it immediately by sort of oh, letting out a noise or that emotion, just we, we collect these different emotions. And so things like when a dog barks now and I get scared, I, I make sure I'll make a noise and just release it there and then just to 
offload because we do collect all these things. So great question. And so we're rewriting. There's a lot of research um, around childhood development about how we just collect all this. Um, and we're very much, these patterns go through that uh, that we learn from our parents. And this this book also goes into details about, sure, there's genetic reasons for mental illness, but a lot of it when they've swapped parents is it's actually the more behaviors that they pick up more is as much as genetic. And so it's these things that we learn from our parents. And who among us has had that perfect parent? That's the reality is that we it's just a pattern. So great question. Awesome. Thank you, everyone, for joining. And thank you, Rob. This was an awesome session and uh, very informative, I have to say. We all feel like that. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks, it's a pleasure. A good one. Thanks for a great session, everyone. Enjoy the rest of your week, and uh, we'll hopefully see you guys next week. Thanks, Rob. Bye. Pleasure. Thank you, everybody. Really enjoyed it. Cheers. Connect. Bye.